Hello, listeners. Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Include it with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal, handsome Aaron Airport, and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on the evening of April 23rd, 2023, Aaron and I do our best to balance the majesty and absurdity that grips our great nation. We're going to discuss the 20 million-ish dollar Toronto airport heist. We're going to question the backstory of a bear that drank 69 cans of pop. We'll hear of an Alberta man's very shitty situation. And we'll end with a snake attack at the Edmonton Zoo. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport. It's Sunday night, my friend, April 23rd. you got anything to say about the date or the time of year? Ah, it's spring is in the air. I think that's all I can say about it. When you're outside and the sun is shining and it's and it's above zero, you're like, ah, oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's late April. Yeah, it's late April. Right. Uh, when we last talked about a week ago, you were hyping up your big show do, uh, with your band, The Gordons. That's the Bare Naked Ladies tribute band. You were playing a couple shows this past week in, at the Highland Arts Theatre in Cape Breton. We're all dying to know. how. Uh, it went very well. We're all very happy with it. Uh, we had three shows throughout the week. Our last show was Friday night. We actually had a few um, Keep Canada Weird listeners show up to the show. Were they sober? Uh, I can't. I didn't. I didn't do a um, drug and alcohol test on them, so I can't officially state. Okay. Uh, well, did well? Did they represent the listenership of the show? Yes, that? they did. Yeah, they seemed weird. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, Good. they seemed very people, lovely. Uh... They seemed very a nice couple that showed up, and they came up uh, after the show. Um, they came up to the stage, and they called me salty. Uh, as longtime listeners will know, that uh, that was a, a term uh, thrown around about me being salty. Rather loosely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, they were calling me salty, and then I didn't quite understand what they meant, and then they explained that they were Keep Canada Weird listeners, and then I was like, oh, that's why you're calling me salty. Okay. I was I was reaching for my yeah. uh, bear spray. <laughs> spray them down. Um, we got a lot to get into tonight. We got to keep Canada weird, but we also got to uh, receive feedback from prior episodes from our listeners. Uh, We got a a voice memo here sent in from Bailey, and this is interesting because it's actually Bailey giving more information on a prior voice mail she sent to us several weeks back. Mm. Do you recall the story of uh, Bailey and her mother? Um, She she recounted a story where a 
like a bat like attacked her and her mom and her you know there was this whole big drama on how they captured the yeah bat. i do, do remember, remember that stuff? yeah okay well during our discussion about that uh, incident and that voice memo she sent in we had a few questions about you know how this whole thing happened she sent us a voice memo giving that information so here's what bailey has to say hi jordan hi aaron I'm the one that sent in a story a couple weeks ago through a voice memo about a bat that flew into my house. I was referring to an episode in the summer, I think it was. So it's a, it's a little bit past back, but it was so funny to hear myself on the podcast. And I immediately sent it to my sister and she laughed about it too because she knew about the story. But I wanted to touch base a little bit about what happened because, Jordan, you had questions. You were like, why did they uh, put underwear on their head? And I felt like, Aaron, maybe you got it because I felt like maybe you heard the same thing that I've heard. But it was obviously a spur of the moment situation. We never had a bat fly into our house. But the first thing mom said was that they'll get into your hair. You don't want it tangled. You don't want a bat tangled up in your hair. So that's why we ran to the bedroom and I, she came out of her closet with the underwear on her head. And that's where the funny story happened. But I don't know if that's true. Um, the bat definitely did not even fly towards us. It was more flying towards like the skylight in our house and the ceiling and just kind of freaking out, wanting to get out. But yeah, I wanted to touch base on that because I probably should have mentioned that's why we put the underwear on our head. We both have long hair. Anyways, thank you for listening. And I am so excited to tune in the podcast every week. Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay. Well, I guess it's good to explain mm -hmm. uh, why you why you had underwear on your head in that story. So, and how meta meta is it? She enjoyed hearing herself on the podcast. She's now getting to hear herself discuss hearing herself on the podcast on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those kind of mirror situations where it goes on forever. Yeah, uh, a reflection into a reflection into a reflection. Yeah, let us know what it's like hearing yourself discuss uh, your experiences hearing yourself on the podcast. Another <laughs> send another voice memo. voice memo, yeah. Yeah, then every <laughs> week we'll play a voice memo from you. And uh, Yeah, just to see how that how that story evolves. Yeah, but I just want to say, you know, I don't think anyone should ever have to defend why they're wearing underwear on their head. Yeah, I... I can understand that. I think if it gets to that point and you end up in a situation where you have underwear on your head, you're just living your life and sometimes things take interesting turns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the answer is always my underwear and my business. <laughs> yeah. Now, if it's someone well, else's I underwear, like, you know, then that's a different that's I'd say you owe them an explanation. Yeah, just the person who legally owns the underwear. Mm -hmm. uh, we've gotten to the bottom of this. Yeah. Great. Yeah. <laughs> uh one quick thing we got to before we get into the stories of keep Canada weird. Um, there's just a another kind of public service announcement I want to address. There's been a recall um, that's affecting Canadians across the country. It's quite notable. Let's just hear this and then we can get on with the story with the stories mm -hmm. stories. Yeah. Health Canada has issued a recall for more than 50,000 sledgehammers because the heads can loosen and unexpectedly detach during use, not good. The recalls are for various models of Stanley, Fatmax, and DeWalt sledgehammers. Health Canada is warning customers to immediately stop using them. As of March the 15th, there was one reported incident in Canada we know of, and nearly 200 in the United States. Affected customers can contact Stanley Black & Decker for a refund. 
the idea of the 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 hammer end of a sledgehammer slipping off in use that's a pretty serious defect especially <laughs> in a, a sledgehammer. sledgehammer yeah that's that's of all hammers to have that defect the sledgehammer is the scariest one i just wonder what they tested before they sold that thing did they just look yeah the paint's on there it's the right shape i'm sure they do some kind of a test they must but but does that test include using the sledgehammer and you know to making sure that the you know the heavy business end doesn't go flying off when you're swinging the thing? I mean, what else would you test on it? <laughs> Wouldn't that be the only test that you would run? You would think. I'm just I'm just surprised that it gets to the point that it's a recall. And that like a sledgehammer, if you lift that up and that thing goes flying behind you, my goodness, that could lead to serious well, problems. Weren't several people injured because of this defect? How could you possibly survive if someone's sw swinging a sledgehammer and the top hammer business end part goes flying and smacks? Well, you? it depends on at, at what point it comes off. Like if you're raising it all the way back over your head after you've already hit the thing that you were hitting and it falls off at that point, then it's kind of maybe the momentum is not as great as it would be if you were swinging it down and it came off. I don't know. I mean, you're not really in the track of it when you're swinging it so it would have to come off and then drop down maybe and it would still hurt uh, but like as you're, as you're lifting, lifting the sledgehammer yeah. or someone it would be like a cartoon and it comes off and they get hit or even your own head i can picture it like a cartoon you lift the sledgehammer quickly the thing goes flying up in the air and just yeah, lands directly yeah. down on your head you'd be done right i don't think you'd be done but i think you'd be injured I think so too. Well, either way, um, that wasn't a story that we were going to discuss. I just want to get it out there. If anyone has one of these sledgehammers, now's a good time to bring it back to Canadian Tire and be like, what the F? Yeah, yeah. Now it's time to make a lot of life changes. Well, we got to get into the story. You know darn well what our mandate is here. We have to keep Canada weird by seeking out and highlighting unique and unusual and offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. And we got a loaded card tonight. We're going to be talking about the Toronto airport heist. We're going to talk about a burping bear. At least I assume it's burping afterwards. We're going to talk about, and cover your ears, children, a shitty situation. Oh. And then we're going to, yeah, I said it. And then we're going to hear about a snake attack. Uh, where do you want to start this? Um, shall we start with the heist? That's the big one. It's, it's the elephant in the yeah, room, right? Yeah, yeah. We got to get into it. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I'm all for like true crime and crime stories, but I really like a good heist, sto 
heist story, especially when it's that kind of, you know, someone goes in the in a bank with like a gun or something. I think that's boring. Mm. But when it's done like Mission Impossible style and you're sneaking through the vents of the bank and you're like scaling down through these weird sensors and, you know, avoiding all these high end um, security systems. I'm all for like that kind of you support heist it. You story. want people to do it. Is that what you're saying? No, it sounded like but your if wording you're... was very much in support of anyone who pulls off a heist like this should be. Well, I guess let me say it like this is like if someone's really good at what they do and they're passionate in their work, I enjoy hearing about it, whether it's a landscaper who takes incredible care to make sure the edges on the lawn are perfect. And if you're going to do heists, you know, show like some pride in pride in the work you do and make it notable yeah. and professional. Yeah. Okay. You know, does that make sense? Sure. We don't still don't really know how professional this heist was in terms of Well, I don't know how professional it is, but they sure got a lot of money. This is I think the maybe the largest heist in Canadian airport history, if not up there. And it's just happened at the Toronto Pierce, Pearson Airport. Listen to this. Good evening, everyone. Airports around the world have become tantalizing targets for thieves who have grabbed a fortune in stolen cargo over the years. And tonight, the hunt is on to track down who is behind a stunning and brazen heist at a warehouse near Toronto's Pearson, where $20 million worth of gold and other valuables vanished. CTV's Heather Wright starts us off. The plane landed at Toronto's Pearson Airport Monday night. Police won't say where it came from or where it was heading, but confirmed that on board that flight was a container full of gold and other valuable items. Once this cargo was offloaded at a holding facility, subsequent to its arrival, this high value container was uh, removed by illegal means from the holding facility. Who took it and how, all part of the investigation being led by Peel Regional Police. Officers estimate the size of the container was roughly five or six square feet, so likely would have been difficult to move. Police wouldn't speculate on whether this heist was an inside job or if organized crime may have been involved. We're looking at all angles on how this item was stolen, so I don't really have a lot of details on how it was stolen to provide or any suspect. Police stress today they believe this is an isolated incident and there's no threat to people traveling through Pearson Airport. They're now combing through surveillance video, trying to determine how thieves were able to make off with such valuable cargo. So let's talk this out. I have a few ideas. So the first kind of decision we need to make is, do we think this is theft? Like, did someone do this and take it? The other option, like, you only got to, I feel like everyone I know that I, that travels ends up like having some kind of issue with their luggage either being lost or delayed so I, I when i hear this story i can't help but think like did air canada lose like 20 million dollars in gold and they're like you know investigating it as a theft at this point but it's really just on some plane out in bc somewhere or something they should really be putting air tags in these things i think that's <laughs> yeah that's right hey like my mom does that she has like the little apple yeah. tag thing she puts in her everybody's putting air tags in their luggage now why especially if i were to be shipping millions of dollars worth of gold and whatever else you, you're darn well tootin i'm gonna have an air tag in there if <laughs> why would it be like it seems like it's a commercial flight at least it, that was what the photos and in the, in the video and the news clip make it appear but i wonder like if you were sending I don't know, $20 million of gold somewhere. 
I guess it would have to just go on a plane and it would go through airports and stuff. Yeah. But it just seems weird to think that that stuff, like when you're getting on and off the airplanes on your way to Florida, there could be, you know, like, um, I don't know, like bodies in the storage thing because people died and they're getting their bodies shipped back or there could be like tons of money or gold and stuff. It's There's this kind of other world that exists at airports beyond just, um, you know, uh, recreational and business travel mm -hmm. um if it is a theft and for whatever reason they didn't put an air tag on it uh, it, it must be an inside job why would you randomly choose this you know five square foot box like that's probably full of you know playstations or something yeah yeah the people knew knew it was going to be there obviously because they this isn't just a random box they took like we're gonna break in and we'll just kind of grab the box that we think is valuable the heaviest yeah biggest yeah box and we'll like they it. knew it was going to be there and then they knew where it was so that information i guess would have to come from someone on the inside mm -hmm. I saw a little uh, short interview with kind of an expert in airport and aviation security that said in a situation like this, when there's like a large or high value package coming through an airport, there's usually about a dozen people that would be aware of it. So it's like if it is an inside job, it's not a large group of people mm -hmm. that they would have to, you know, get into who did it or who was involved. See, if this were if we were watching the movie version of this story right now, you know, long before the heist, there would be all of these kind of explanations as to how we got to this point of, of how this was stolen. And I imagine that perhaps an airline employee, maybe their family was threatened and be like, you know, tell us when the next big value ticket is going to be or whatever it is that kind of made them kind of confess it because they sign non-disclosure agreements uh to know that information yeah they would have to yeah right? i saw someone and you would say also... in, in one of the interviews or one of the things i was reading about this is that any of those airport employees who knew about this would have signed non-disclosure agreements about and yeah that makes sense and there would be enough higher value cargo coming through that they would also probably need criminal reference checks and background checks and all that mm -hmm. so it's yeah it's uh it's interesting do you think they'll get to the bottom of it i'm, I'm of course not they... an expert in airport security but with security cameras all over the place and a good mm -hmm. list of who's coming and going i think, think they, they probably have a lot of the information they need to solve this it's just a matter of they're not releasing that information until they solve it because uh, they don't want to mm. compromise the investigation. So I think they probably have a fair amount of evidence leading them in the right direction to this. It's just a matter of when they actually catch these people, then they'll be able to release a lot of that at that point in time. Hmm. Hmm. Um, do you want to move on to a heist that we can solve? Because I don't think we're going to get to the bottom. We don't know enough. Unless about it was Toronto one of Airport us. Heist. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> you know, that'd be it, the only way we're solving it tonight. I don't have $20 million. Well, in gold. I know if that. I did, I wouldn't be saying on a podcast. So good mm -hmm. point. Um, yeah, let's move on. I don't want to put you in a corner and get you to admit anything yeah. that you're not prepared don't to admit. Don't put baby in a corner. Uh, let's move on to a heist we can solve. This one does not take place in Toronto. It takes place in British Columbia. 
and it doesn't involve a gang of organized crime heist mission impossible type of people it's just a simple black bear and the heist was not 20 million dollars it was 69 cans of pop i love this story here it is a woman on the sunshine coast was shocked to find a bear had turned her jeep into its very own cooler that sound broke the silence in Earl's Cove at around 3 last Thursday morning. Turned out it was a bear smashing through the canopy of a Suzuki, trying to get at six cases of pop inside. Sharon Roselle had purchased the pop for her food truck business and thought there was no way a bear could smell the soda through a closed can. Uh, the whole bottom of the vehicle was swimming. The only other thing in the car besides the uh, pop was um, paper towel. And he did bring it from the back to the front. He just did nothing with it. I did not go outside. I've been known to chase off bears before, but my husband said he was very glad I stayed inside and kept safe. Now, had it been his beer, I was obligated to go out and fight to the death, but it was only pop. The bear went through the orange crush first, then moved on to the root beer, ultimately drinking 69 of the 72 cans in the vehicle. It left behind three diet pops. Orange crush, then root beer, not so interested in the diet pop. I, do you think the bear could sense like the artificial sweetener and stuff in a diet pop and just be like, I'm not interested? See, this is why I think this heist was an inside job as well. Oh, elaborate. Well, uh, usually a bear, you know, if it's going to go into a car or, you know, a tent or something for food, it smells it, right? Like it smells mm -hmm. food. There's something left open. You know, one of the rules mm -hmm. they say when you're camping is make sure you put all of your seal up any food, put it in the car, you know, all of those things that we follow. But in this situation, like a, a bear is not going to smell pop from from a distance away and then and then break into a car to, to drink the pop the bear's going in mm -hmm. there because someone told the bear that the pop was in there oh that's a good point i see where you're going yeah because yeah. he he's not going to smell what would be the why would a bear bite through uh, an unscented aluminum can exactly exactly so now like the a pop can should be as appetizing to the bear as the aluminum door or exactly the exactly there's the no car. scent even a bear is not going to smell through an aluminum can uh mm. and who i think is responsible and who i think who's the the inside informant is is the husband mm. because she mentioned at the end of the story that oh if it was beer or whatever he would have been sending me out there to protect it but or whatever she said yeah, he brought his beer. He brought his beer. Yeah, was yeah. So the thing is, is that I think he's upset that she bought all that pop and not more beer. So then he told mm -hmm. the bear that the that the pop was there, and to get it. Yeah, I th I think to probably to understand the motivation, we need to know a little bit more about what goes on behind behind closed doors in that mm -hmm. house. And I don't think, you know, the news report, obviously we're talking about the mainstream, the lamestream media here, and they didn't dig into the story deep enough to tell us what happened. I'd need to see, like, I'd need to know a bit of history on their marriage. To, yeah. To I like to happened. imagine that their marriage is in turmoil. Mm -hmm. And this is just and the this next is round. Just, yeah. This is the straw that's going to break the, uh, the married camel's back. 
What do you think of the the amount of pop? Like over almost seventy cans of pop, even for a bear, he must have felt awful or awful after that. Could you imagine what your belly? Oh, would feel imagine like? the, the the sound of the burps that this bear was going to be belching after drinking sixty nine cans of pop in one sitting. <laughs> oh my goodness! But the bear probably um, wasn't intaking all of that pop. That's true. She said. She said herself, her back seat, like the the chewed up cans were like swimming in yeah, pop. Yeah, So he would probably bite a can, get one mouthful, mm -hmm. and then swallow bite another it. can, and then etc. Yeah, I can't see. I can't see the bear walking away because the bear would not have kept. If, if the bear was drinking full cans of pop, I doubt it would have kept going. It just like the sweet uh, taste. If, that's all it was. If he did assuming it was a male bear if the bear did drink the full cans imagine how cool that would be to see the bear actually because the only way it could drink the full can really is like grabbing yeah. it with its hand and dumping it or i guess it could just bite it and just kind of inhale at the, the same, same way time, a which would be brother a brother does you know when they like like a yeah they pierce, they pierce the it and then they <laughs> suck it all back uh from the side of the can that's basically what it was doing with its teeth um mm -hmm. one uh, so we have the narrative of it was an inside job and there's marriage trouble in paradise sort of thing my other thought could have been do you ever like buy it, it could be pop or it could be just like a big thing of, of milk or something and like maybe when it was shipping one of them leaked and you like pick up the mm -hmm. curtain and it's just all like sticky and gross on the outside i hate when that happens uh but i was kind of thinking in this story there could have been a chance that she just bought all this pop at like costco or something and one of the during shipping you know a couple pop burst and there was just a bunch of sticky sappy maybe. stuff yeah. on the containers that's just another but the smell of through a car, uh, even to smell yeah. that through a car. Yeah, it's I find it a little yeah. uh, far reaching. I'm not a bear expert, so I should state that for the record. Okay. I know you probably thought I was when you hired me, but yeah, because mm. um, we, we do cover a lot of bear stories. <laughs> oddly enough, right? I but I looked at this from multiple angles. I don't see how this could play in any way to the uprising of animals across Canada. I think this is just yeah. an isolated incident of an inside job. Yeah, and this bear managed. It reminds me of, of a bag of bagels I bought a couple of weeks ago at a grocery store, and I went up to pay for them at the register, and then the guy ringing me through was like, "Oh, do you still want these?" And then he pointed to the bottom of them, and it was torn from like a rat or whatever, and a bunch of the the oh. bottom bagel was all chewed up, and there was all these like rip marks uh. on the bottom of the bag. Uh. Ugh. Yeah, so always check, always, always check your anytime you're buying bread or bagels or whatever from a grocery store, always check the bag first because I didn't notice it when I picked it up. It wasn't until mm. the guy at the register noticed it. Yeah, that's a keen eye on him. Good, good. That saved you some trouble for sure. I have a bread story. I was buying bread one time. I was with my brother at the grocery store in Halifax. It was Sobeys. And I was just grabbing a loaf of bread and reached forward, put my hand on like a loaf of hard of uh, whole wheat bread. And as I was taking it off the shelf to put it into my cart, I had an extreme pain in my hand and I dropped the bread to the ground. And I, and when, and when I realized like, what happened? Because my hand hurt really bad. I looked to my right and there was a little old lady who looked like the most stereotypical witch holding her cane up like a weapon 
And I, and then clued in like, oh my God, she just hit me with the cane. And before I even had a chance to say anything in like this horrific voice, she said, Dempster's is sour. Dempster's is like the brand of bread. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, like you don't like Dempster's, I guess. And she said again, Dempster's is sour. And then I just kind of stepped back, put a different one in my cart and like got out of there. Wow. And I even said to my brother, like, did, did that really happen? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. That's my bread story. <laughs> wow, we covered uh, bread tonight. I'm Aaron Habel of Generation Y, and with me is Jack Luna of Dark Topic. We'd like to introduce you to Marooned, a new podcast that's sure to capture your attention. Tales of the catastrophically lost are what we have to offer. Hikers swallowed by the woods. Explorers discovering nothing but destitution. True crime calamity. Oddities of harrowing human experience. It's a museum of misadventure so pack a lunch subscribe to marooned wherever you find podcasts we are waiting please hurry thank you all right so we talked about uh the scent and the smell of things became a bit of a a a part of the storyline in the story of the bear but scent and smell i think are going to play a bit bigger part in this next story this uh earlier on i said a bad word i said we're going to be discussing Mm. a a shitty situation this is a situation that played out just last sunday in alberta and it involves a man inside a septic tank Uh, this i find disturbing luckily the septic tank hadn't been used for some time but uh Trigger warning for people with weak stomachs. This next story does involve a man inside a tank that was home to uh, human feces and urine for a long time. Here's what happened. It was a walk Greg Saunier and Emily Rawson have done before. But this week, while strolling through this Okotoks field, something happened to turn the normal into the nerve-wracking. We noticed a little bit later that we couldn't find her, her dog, Buck. Buck, this couple's dog, was gone but just not out of earshot. He was barking really loud, screaming almost. And that's when I realized, I think he's somewhere in the ground. Lucky for Buck, Rawson was able to act fast. She just happened to notice this hole in the ground, but it was covered in like tall, dark grass. But the dog was now trapped in a septic tank. Its head was barely bobbing above the cold water and its swimming was slowing. So, Sonye jumped in. It's a move that saved Buck, but passing the dog out... That forced him into the water, fully submerged. I was feeling weaker and just kind of in shock. Now, Sonye was stuck. Panic was setting in as he tread the stale water, mercifully not full of human waste. I just kind of kept saying to myself, this is it, this isn't how we're going. Minutes that felt like hours passed. Eventually, Okotoks firefighters arrived to the open field. Because I just kind of laid on the ground. Sonye and Buck were rescued and are now all right, but the couple still doesn't really understand what happened. This was really common for us to come explore. There was no signage, there's no fences, gates or anything. It's just crazy to me that we never had any idea that this was there. Rules are in place to ensure septic tanks are closed and locked. Obviously, this one wasn't. Emergency crews now have it blocked off until a more permanent fix is found. I would never want to fall into one of those things. Uh, this man, but then again, um, I think I would maybe risk my life for a dog. Mm-hmm. And that appears to be what this man did. That could have ended badly, right? Oh, yeah, it could have, yeah. And, and 
yeah, brave guy. I mean, I like to think I would have done the same thing. You know, if my cat fell in a septic septic tank, I'd be jumping right in there to to mm-hmm. to save him. So, it, for people who can't see the news report, uh, this septic tank from the point of view that they are walking through a field it looks like it's just this grown-in field in the middle of nowhere and in the tall grass is just like a hole about the size of a manhole that leads down into um probably somewhere around five to eight feet tall tank under the ground so it would if you were out in that field with the dog, it would very much just look like the dog just mm-hmm. disappeared. Luckily, they could hear the barking, and he was brave enough to dive in. To the, I think they said in the news report, the mercifully, uh, mercifully, it was free of human waste. It was just stale water that had been sitting there. It still would have been disgusting. Yeah, stale, still water is uh, probably ripe with bacteria too. Oh yeah, it'd just be like diving into a swamp, and it would be a dark swamp. Now I would have, yeah, just hearing that story, I was, t- I was, I had a bit of yeah. a panic attack, like just this idea of like looking up at a hole, uh, like with the sun above you or the earth above you, and her yelling down, like "You all right?" And, yeah, I'm claustrophobic too, uh, so I, I freak out for that reason too, like being down mm-hmm. in there trying to get yourself out feeling like you're going to drown or be buried alive, whatever that feeling is that comes over you when you, oh God, terrifying. That, that'd be an awful, awful way to go in an abandoned septic tank. Uh, Whoever the property owner is, he's lucky that nothing worse happened. Cause I think you could be probably find yourself in some liability trouble uh, having a not fenced off or Mm -hmm. sealed septic tank. Like they're, it's probably expensive to dig them up and get rid of them. But you think like for something like this, it would either be like capped off or full of gravel. Yeah, or it's supposed to be. It's supposed over. to be covered or fenced around or whatever the case is. That's what they're supposed to do. And and I think they say at the end of the story that the, the property owner has been informed that they have to cover it up or whatever. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I bet they do have to. Yeah, but that could have been that could have ended poorly. Uh, is that guy a hero for diving in there? Oh the yeah, total hero. I don't often label people as heroes on this show, but this man, I will, in a rare circumstance, call him a hero. Mm. Uh, you discussed um, being claustrophobic, having a fear of uh, finding yourself in a small dark place and suffocating, or worse. Our next story kind of hints to that. So I, I kind of fear bringing this up to you. How do you feel about snakes? Are you all right with them? I have no issue with snakes. Um, I have no particular fear. Some people have a very snake specific fear. I don't have a, I, I see them on walking trails quite often, small, you know, garden snakes or whatever. They don't bother me. I've never been in the yeah. presence of a snake like this, but. Uh, yeah. Like the snakes that we see in Cape Breton um, aren't a lot larger than like you know as far as thickness goes like a pencil or maybe a sharpie or something the snake we're going to be talking about is a burmese python at the edmonton zoo and it is not the kind of snake you see when you're out walking we're talking about a 15 year old 75 kilogram 3.6 meter long snake Mm -hmm. so this thing is a beast it's basically like a sleeping bag of muscle yeah, well, how I see it. with with a giant. I think teeth. like a um a really long pantyhose filled with uh, muscle. muscle. 
and teeth and like yeah, digestive yeah, system. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's hear why we're talking about this giant snake on the show. An emergency this morning at the Edmonton Valley Zoo. A staff member was rushed to hospital after being bit by one of the animals. Emergency crews were called to the zoo just before 8.30 this morning. The city tells CTV News a zoo employee was bitten by a Burmese python. The woman in her 30s received first aid immediately from other employees before paramedics arrived. She was taken to hospital in stable condition and we are told she is doing well. The city says all of the reptiles at the Valley Zoo are non-venomous and that this particular snake has been at the zoo since 2016 and has not previously demonstrated any aggressive behavior. They are not elaborating on how the incident happened. I don't. I wouldn't want to work at a zoo if it involved handling giant snakes. But I guess I'm glad there are people who have that passion and do look after these things. What do you think of this story? Well, they haven't elaborated on how the incident happened. So why mm -hmm. is that? Why aren't they saying more about this? And they could have something to hide. Maybe they're worried about fallout in some yeah. way. Maybe people won't want to go to the zoo. Why? What do you think? I don't know. I, I have no idea why they wouldn't uh, give any more details about because that's what I was when I was listening to this story earlier. I was like, well, how did it happen? How mm -hmm. did what, what led to her getting bit by this snake? And it doesn't give any information about that. Well, you know what fills the vacuum of information? If there's no information, what will fill it is a conspiracy mm -hmm. theory. If they don't tell people what happened, people are going to find their own explanation. Yeah. Um, they also describe it as biting. The, the worker, the 30-year-old worker was bit by the snake. But as far as I know, snakes that size, they generally don't, like they do bite, but it's more so like, wrapping around and squeezing to death yeah, they might like they did might she get, swallow you yeah like, did she get bit and then the thing wrapped around and tries to squeeze her to death was there a, a sort of struggle where other zoo employees are tr trying to peel this giant um what did you describe it as stocking uh, yeah, yeah, like hose of muscle? Hose of muscle yeah yeah what would you what's, i think um, you know you... sometimes people maybe Okay, this is the only thing that I can think of off the top of my head in terms of what could have led. So this employee's been working there for a while and maybe starts to talk to the snake, right? A lot. <laughs> okay. And then starts to maybe develop the kind of relationship where the snake is still just a snake and it's just there doing its snaky thing. But she's talking to it every day and she's telling the snake about her life problems and She's going through a divorce and she's just gone through bankruptcy and she's got all these problems, right? And she talks to the snake about it and she feels like the snake is listening, but the snake isn't really listening. It's just there being a snake. So then mm -hmm. after a while of her talking to her problems about the, to the snake, um, she needs a hug, you know, she needs a hug. So she she's like, you know what? Like, I just feel like you get me, Snake. You get me. You understand. You're the only thing in this world that truly listens to me. Then the snake is just being there, like, I'm a snake. If you come near me, I'm gonna bite you. But it's you know, it doesn't speak English. So so anyway, she's mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna hug this snake because you're my only friend. And then she goes in, uh -huh. she has access, she's an employee. She hugs the snake, the snake says, uh, I'm a snake, and then bites her. And I do what snakes mm -hmm. do. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's kind of a sad story. Aren't yeah, it's like a modern Adam and Eve type situation. Mm, it's a bite of the poison. Yeah, apple. yeah. The poisonous apple. Except it's a, is a hug, hug of, of the a snake wild who snake. you thought was your friend. And then oh, the snake quickly God. reminded you, nah, I'm a snake. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the story is here, um, but she's lucky to be alive. Is she? I dare say. I should be careful saying that because some uh, I actually got bad feedback once by say like from a listener who wrote um, that didn't like that I said someone was lucky to be alive. Yeah, we don't know any of the I details forget. of their miserable life. So <laughs> that's a good, a good point. Uh, you hear these stories: someone like attacked, like bit by a shark that they're training, or mm -hmm. something, or like bit by the snake, as an example. These people will often go back and just continue to work at the zoo and yeah. be like eh. yeah just another day I, I guess how do they do it well like um my my kind of philosophy on it is that if you're in the ocean uh you're in shark territory you get bit by a shark it's your fault you know no matter mm -hmm. what you're doing you're in, no in the ocean you're in the you're in sharks territory you know these are these are still animals that are completely different from us and and we've got these animals in in cages for our pleasure and sometimes zoos are filled with like rescue animals and things like that and i don't that's i like that yeah style, yeah so. yeah but sometimes they're not sometimes it's just you know we've got one we want to charge people to come and look at it uh they're wild animals and you go near mm -hmm. one you get bit that's on you mm-hmm that's all I have to say so, about it. Okay. Well, I'm glad she's all right. I'm glad there were other employees there. Cause like this idea, like say the prior story with the septic tank, if there hadn't have been the young woman walking with the hero and the dog, if he just all alone jumped in this thing, mm -hmm. you know, he, that would have been the end of him. If she was alone with the snake and there weren't other employees, that likely would have been the end of yeah. her. So I guess this could be a cautionary tale to, um, Stay close to people if you're doing anything nuts, like handling a Burmese python or jumping into a septic tank in the Just woods. Just like you always have someone spotting you when you're bench pressing. You should always... Oh, yeah. I, I never bench press without a yeah, spot. Yeah, yeah. And I just never bench press. <laughs> Me neither. I went, uh, I went to the gym once. In um, your life? Yeah, mm. with my friend. Uh, I had a friend in high school. Um We'll know him as Aaron, but it's a different Aaron. I don't know if you know him, but anyway, he uh, really wanted, he got into weightlifting and like fitness and stuff. And he was trying to get the rest of his friends into it too. And he convinced me and our other friend, Brad, who, you know, to go to the gym with him. And he was teaching <laughs> us how to like do these different things at the gym. Mm -hmm. And one of the things involved Brad, like laying on his back, holding two weights and like lifting them up. But when he got them up, like his arm like gave out and he dropped the weight on his own face. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, we had to we had to leave the gym with Brad like covered in blood from a nosebleed. We thought he broke his nose, but no, it was just he banged his nose really hard. And that was the only time I've ever been in a gym. Wow, wow. So long story short, that was just not a good analogy to tell me about getting a spot when bench pressing because i can't understand what could happen well i guess i can mm. brad dropped the weight on sure, his face yeah. and he was lucky we were there to usher him so out. whenever feeding a snake at a zoo or interacting with a snake whatsoever yeah you should have a spotter yeah definitely all right well we can start wrapping this up here but tell me something you got anything interesting going on do you have a secret you want to share a tale you want to tell if i told you a secret here? jordan it wouldn't be a secret anymore would it 
I'm not going to say, we're not going to share it with you. You just asked me if I had anything going on or any secrets. I, I, meant, I meant like, will you volunteer a secret? I can't Do you have any secrets that you want to? It wouldn't be a secret if I told you. If I told you a secret, I volunteered it, then it's no longer a secret. It has become out in the open. You know, they say rules are meant to be broken. Secrets are meant to be revealed. What secret comes to light? Is there not a saying something like that? I'm just giving you the opportunity you, to get something off your chest. You, well, you, sir, are dealing with a human vault. <laughs> and the only way you're going to get a secret out of me is if I'm a vault at the Toronto Pearson Airport and you heist me. Okay. If I can get an, and it would have to be an inside job. Who would know your? It would have to be the mafia. Would have to be. Involved. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're not going to get to the bottom of your dirty secrets. So let's wrap this up. They're not just because. No, hold on. Even if you're only assuming it's it dirty, probably that's is. not Why fair. Wouldn't you, that's not why fair. Why wouldn't you tell me? Not all secrets are dirty. Some are financially based and have nothing to do with with any kind of uh, eroticism. <laughs> all right. I just think if it was financial, you'd have no problem telling me. That'd be no. I would have if I. Oh my god! If I had financial secrets, I could be thrown in jail. Oh, that's for those. true. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, forget it. I'm never trusting you with any private information ever again for the rest you of my life now because you're just frivolous with secrets. <laughs> you're like, I tell me your secrets. By the way, <laughs> just tell me them. All right. Let's wrap this up. We're not going to get your secrets. Only. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, until next time. Um, think about your secrets, and if you want to reveal them, we can talk offline. I only reveal my secrets to snakes. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, please let us know. And the best way to do that is by sending a voice memo via nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We both hope to hear from you. Now, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before I do, let me give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. And lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you to every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, Nighttime would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now, on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Shandell, Emma, and Kay, thank you for your generous support. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help keep Canada weird by simply sharing this episode on social media and telling all your like-minded friends about the great work we're all doing here. If any of you listening have a story idea, want to give feedback on the show, or would like to contribute a voice memo to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, please do so at nighttimepodcast.com contact. Again, we hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let us know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. Hi. Her name is Elspeth. Elspeth Tassioni. 
You know her as the offbeat but brilliant defense attorney from The Good Wife and The Good Fight. You've been a very busy little bee. Buzz, buzz. Now, she's in New York with the NYPD. This is very different. Better. But still using her unconventional ways to find the truth. You're trying to sniff me, Miss Tassioni? <laughs> Elspeth, new series Thursdays on Global. Stream on Stack TV.